Hello and welcome to Meet Her, the newest addition to Virtual Inforum. My name is Terry Barclay and I'm president and CEO of Inforum, a nonprofit whose work includes highlighting and supporting diversity in business leadership. The Meet Her podcast series introduces listeners to women of accomplishment whose experiences and insights feed us all on our leadership journeys. And I'm so thrilled that joining me today is Sandra Gaddy, President and CEO of the Women's Resource Center in Grand Rapids. The center is a nonprofit organization that helps women discover their strengths and talents while overcoming barriers to employment and economic independence. This important work is lifting women out of poverty. And we're also so thrilled that Sandra is a leader on INFORM's West Michigan Regional Council. Welcome, Sandra, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Terry, for inviting me. I'm glad to be here with you. So let's get right to it. What's your personal superpower and how has it helped you in your career? I um, love this question because um, I think uh, the superpower that I have or my gift, I like to refer to it, comes from my mom and it's a gift of uh, hospitality. And um, I firmly believe that um, welcoming and making um, your guests and people you're around feel special and feel comfortable is um, important. Um, no matter where you're from, no matter where you're at in your life or your stage of life or um, I just, I believe encountering any person, they deserve hospitality. What a great perspective. Thank you for, for sharing that. Is, is, is there a skill that you're constantly working to improve? Yes, listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, and I laugh because um, it's whether at work or at home, um, listening is um, a skill that I, I'll just speak for myself, that I know that it is um, vital that I improve um, um, because I think it can be transformational in your relationships um, with your teams, um, with uh, community. But I'll, I'll just speak to teams really quickly. Um, so, so, so often we are just so busy and, and I'm thinking like just even through COVID right now, COVID-19, it's, it's, it's such a, an incredibly busy time. We're on lots of Zoom meetings and conference calls and so much is coming at you. And the ability to be present and um, present from distractions of your phone, your computer, um, others walking, around you or by you. Um, right now, the lawnmower that's outside of my home office <laughs> um, is important <laughs> to um, just listen. And um, when I was not always a good listener, and I think I still have to continue to improve as a listener, but when um, my teammates um, or when um, others tell me, man, you're just present for me. That is a, um, that's a gift to me because I was not always good at doing that. And I think if we do it at work and if we do it at home, if we're continuing to practice that, it could be transformational. And I think that it's a um, gift 
another gift that we can give to others. Um, I, I just think there's so many distractions right now that's as bidding and fighting for our attention and listening um, is critically, critically important. You, you know, Sandra, you're, that, that's so true. I, I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind a follow-up question. So mm -hmm. are there tips or tricks? I mean, how, are, how do you remind yourself or, um, you know, anything, you, any specific tips you can give us, those of us who need to improve our listening skills? So one of the um, things, so I, I learned what not to do from a former um, boss. <laughs> and I, you know, when you think about how you feel, when you are pouring your heart out or you're, you're trying to share something very important and the person in front of you, you, you see that they're very, very distracted, that you're repeating multiple times what you're trying to get across and your time is limited too. Um, and so when I think about that, one of the things that I start to do and, I, and I've seen others do this too, is silence my phone and turn it over. Because it's like um, you become like Pavlov's dog. That bing or that pop-up, it, it is distracting. I will also shift my um, chair away from my computer um, or silence the dings on my um, laptop or my um, desktop so it's not distracting. And without being um, scary, I really, really um, do intentionally try to give um, the eye contact so that they know that they have my full attention. And I'll repeat back for understanding um, because um, I, I've learned um, from a counselor who said it's important to get it right and not being right. You know, <laughs> when you get it right, that unifies. When you're, when you're being right, that's solely for you. And so I try to get it right the first time so that we're on one page and they don't have to come back and, 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 and articulate the message to me over again. I know that when I'm doing these podcasts, I actually literally remove my cell phone from the room because you're right. We're like Pavlov with dogs, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it's, it's ingrained <laughs> in us. So that, that's a really great specific concrete set of tips. So thank you for sharing, sharing those. Yes. Is there one characteristic that you believe every leader should possess? Um, for me, it's compassion. But I'm going to link compassion to the ability to lead teens at different stages in their lives. Um, I don't think the majority of leaders have a team of Stafford wise, you know, everyone's the same, everyone's the same age, everyone's at the same point in their life. And so really being able to compassionately understand that you might have a working mom on your team. You might have a team member or two or more that are caring for aging parents. You may have someone, this is their uh, first or second job. Um, it, it, someone who's um, in their 
50s or 60s, you have people at different stages in their life and to compassionately lead those um, individuals not with the same expectations. You have expectations of, of um, uh, you want things done in excellence. But if you have um, a mom, for instance, she was going to uh, present at one of your meetings, but she was unable to make the meeting because she had a sick child, because that happens day to day for men and women both. And if you have a meetings at 7.30 in the morning, you have team members that have small children that they're trying to get out to school. Why not consider moving that meeting back to 9 a.m. or to 8.30 or a little bit later so that you can fulfill your, the goal of your organization and the goal of your department, but also compassionately acknowledge that there's team members you have at different stages of their life. So I think compassion is a characteristic that every leader um, should, should possess. And you don't have to be wishy-washy or I know some people just say, well, I'm just not like that. You don't, it doesn't require you to be um, um, <laughs> soppy. <laughs> it, does, it, it does require you to just think about others beyond yourself. I love a 7 or a 7.30 a.m. meeting. I love to get it done first thing, but that literally does not work for every team member that I have. And it doesn't matter what size your team is. Right, right. Yeah. And it's hard when you have external audiences where you don't control that time. But, um, Correct. you know, everyone, I think all of us need to figure out to the best we can how to flex. But when that isn't a requirement, it's great to flex in favor of what people need. That's a great, I love that uh, compassion. So maybe you've already touched on this, but what advice would you give someone going into a leadership position for the first time? Hmm. So I learned this back from my banking days. Um, um, prior to my nonprofit work, I spent 15 years in the bank um, as a lending officer in private trust services in many um, departments. But one of my uh, leaders said, I won't say which bank, but it was a very large bank and the CEO say, said that he never arrived as a leader and it was his goal to continue to grow. And so that stuck with me um, in the early stages of my career and um, recognizing from the very beginning that you never arrive and it is your job to continuously grow um, within your leadership. When you're growing, your people, your teams are growing and, and if you think that you have arrived, um, just ask your team members. They'll let you know if you have or not. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> it's, it's really humility. I mean, it's, it's mm -hmm. yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's really a great one um, and so important. Um, yeah. I always look for opportunities to grow. I think once a year, and this was something that he shared, my mentors have shared, they look for opportunities at least once a year to um, improve their leadership. Mm -hmm. How do I improve? So you, it's continuous growth is, is critically important, I think. Yeah, it, it really is, it really is. So 
You know, the work that the Women's Resource Center does is so needed and so important. Um, how do you ensure that your organization and its activities are aligned with your core values? And maybe you could also comment for those who are not in the top leadership role as you are, you know, what are some tips for them in this regard? Yeah. So this one, of course, resonated with me because I'm um, in nonprofit work, but I would argue that an organization's mission is just as critical and it is critical to the alignment with um, the core values of any organization or, core, or company. It's uh, very, very important to me. And I um, believe our, for me as the leader that my mission and my core values that should be modeled from the top. Um, and it should, it's just like a, many things in our um, companies, it should be top-down leadership. And so my ability to articulate with passion, our mission and our values is vital. And, um, and for me, it ensures that our team speaks our mission and our core values with one voice. And so that we're not out there uh, sharing different messages in the community. And that that's, for me, um, I've been with Women's Resource Center for three years this past March. And um, that first year, especially after our strategic planning and we did an update and our change with our mission and, and thank you for sharing our mission um, earlier. But I wanted to ensure that our team not only knew the mission, could articulate the mission, but was living it out. And so when, um, community members and, and um, our donors and our volunteers and our partners would encounter our team members, our board members, they were able to share that mission. And one of the things, and, and, I, and I was going teeter-tottering whether to share this, but I think so many organizations, and we have to experience mission drift, um, which is the result of the desire to increase sales or your scope of service um, or the desire um, you've been offered to partner or collaborate with another organization. For us as a nonprofit, we've experienced this. It's very easy to get caught up in this and whether there's a new grant or if we begin to uh, wanna work with XYZ organization, we have to look at, I believe, three things. You have to consider the alignment with your mission and your purpose and your values. Second, I believe that if this is a duplication of services, you have to do your homework. If it is, you have to calculate or assess if there's an additional need for an organization to be out there offering a service. And finally, what is the cost and capacity levels required for your organization to do this? And so these are not easy decisions. Um, you'll always be tempted, um, not always, but often be tempted to add more versus expanding within your mission. That's, there's a difference to expand your mission versus mission drift. So I say don't force it, don't force fit it, um, because I think it's like wearing a pair of jeans that's one size or two sizes too small. It's uncomfortable and it's very, very restrictive. <laughs> that's a great <laughs> I, that's a great image <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great image you know I'm kind of curious I think the other challenge that nonprofit organizations often face is that 
you know, everyone is interested in organizations collaborating. Um, but sometimes, you know, if something isn't a good fit uh, for, if, according to the criteria that you just outlined, you might need to say no, and then, you know, you worry about being painted as a place that's not collaborative, when right. really the collaboration would take you into an area that is not your core focus. Um, that's, that's tricky to manage. It is. It's very tricky to manage. And sometimes, um, like with my former organization and the current organization that I'm leading, I've seen in, in two separate occasions where you have to really calculate the cost out. You have to weigh that the time that it will require your um, team. And you have to look at your mission. Does this align with your mission and core values? And, and if all of those things are out of alignment, you either have to say no, or if you're in the middle of it, like we have been in that as a nonprofit, when you've said yes, to a um, partnership or to a grant, when you decide to that this is not the proper alignment, then you have to give those resources back. That is difficult. But when you are doing the right thing for your organization and for the community, you know that's the best decision that you have to make. Mm -hmm. And when you have mission drift, it really, really, it really is restrictive. It really is uncomfortable because um, it's not in alignment. Mm -hmm. Yes, e excellent, excellent points. And um, what a great illustration of uh, the, well, the kinds of factors that go into good leadership. So in closing, are there particular blogs or podcasts or other media that you engage with to generate new ideas? Yes. <laughs> um, First, I would say uh, Elevate Podcasts. Um, Elevate is um, a women's organization out of New York, and they have conversations with women who are changing the face of business, and they just have some phenomenal, just for years, phenomenal leadership insights for um, women um, at every stage, I believe, to tap into, and they have exceptional um, speakers that um, come in on the podcast as well. So elevate, E L L E V A T E. Yep. Isn't that um? Isn't elevate? Isn't that Sally Krawcheck's? Yes. Yeah. Organization. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she does a great job. Yeah, she does. Yeah. And my second one, um, I love Tough Skin, Soft Heart um, by Shannon Cohen. Um, Shannon Kwan is, uh, we, we, she resides here in West Michigan, but we're both East Side Detroiters. And um, I've known um, her for a very long time. Um, this podcast uh, um, started from her book, Tough Skin, Soft Heart, which is incredible. And um, I, I think she does a phenomenal job. She just ended her, her last um, podcast and will restart up in the, um, I believe it's going to be in September, but phenomenal, phenomenal food for the soul <laughs> for um, any woman, I think, and man. Yes, yes, Shannon is just such, such a treasure, and 
you're right. That's a great way of describing it, food for the soul, which mm -hmm. we all need in this challenging time in particular. Um, yes. Her last podcast on doing it in the dark was just like life. And I shared it with my team and it was just about, you know, so often we do things, we've been doing things um, silently um, with the behind closed doors for years. And we've been cultivating relationships and cultivating um, the, 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 the dreams that we've had. And then, and then that time for it to be real, revealed in the light, but it's been done for many years in the dark and no one has seen the labor of love that you've poured into it. So it's really, really um, great um, podcast. And I would recommend um, um, everyone to go back and even listen to the, the, the former um, podcast that she's had, Up Skin, Soft Heart. Well, thank you so much, Sandra, for, for uh, sharing those. We'll be sure to capture those, uh, not just verbally here in the podcast, but also in writing on our website so that listeners can be sure to find them. In case they're listening to this while they're working out or doing something where they can't write it down. <laughs> so. Yes, yes. So, you know, thank you uh, so much for joining us today, Sandra, and for, for sharing your wisdom. We really appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for the invitation. Well, that wraps up our podcast. So please come back to informmichigan.org for more opportunities to meet her. And while you're there, check out the other virtual informed components, including Meet Him, a podcast series in which male leaders share what they've learned about the importance of diverse leadership. There's also a growing library of video tips, virtual leadership development programming, and even a series of virtual events. Thank you.